I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 477 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an exciting guest to bring you guys today. United States Senator Josh Hawley joins me on the podcast. I do understand that this is going to be a sensitive episode today for some of you guys out there, as is the case with anything political, but I am not coming at this today from a political point of view. I'm coming at it from a parenting point of view. I have also had a Democratic senator on this podcast, former Senator Bob Kerry of Nebraska, join me right here on First Class Fatherhood, and I am 100% open to having any dads on this podcast from either side of the aisle. I do know that for some people, listening to the opinions of others that conflict with their own is far too difficult, and that's too bad, because the only way that this toxic political atmosphere is going to clear up here uh, is true listening. And here is what I can tell you, that I have interviewed dads from both sides of the aisle, and here's what they have in common. They love their children. They want the best for their kids. They want their kids to be kind and empathetic towards others. They want to see their kids succeed. We have got a lot more in common than you may think, so do not let the media tell you any different. We're a lot more alike than we are different. And if we're looking for any kind of common ground, it is true fatherhood that we can find it. The future of this country is going to be decided at the dinner table, not at the ballot box. Change is going to come from the household, not from Congress. So I ask you to listen today as a dad, not as a voter, as a parent, not a political party member. And please enjoy today's conversation with Senator Josh Hawley. Uh, Senator Hawley was the 42nd Attorney General of Missouri in 2019. He became a United States Senator from Missouri. He's got the new book out titled The Tyranny of Big Tech. He's a graduate of Stanford University and Yale Law School. He has been recognized as one of the nation's leading constitutional lawyers who has litigated at the Supreme Court of the United States, the federal courts of appeals, and in state court. He is, of course, a first-class father of three. It's an honor to have him on the podcast today. Senator Josh Hawley will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Senator Hawley was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch today's conversation, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and make sure you guys are following me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. If you're enjoying this podcast, please hit me with a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you're enjoying listening to the podcast. That always goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Senator Josh Hawley. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, if you're looking for a great night's sleep, you have got to get a MyPillow. Guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. There's a reason why MyPillows are flying off the shelf, and that's because it is a first-class product that's made right here in the United States of America. And the comfort doesn't stop with just the MyPillow. Check out MyPillow.com, and you'll see a whole wide variety of comfortable products, such as towel sets, Giza Dream Sheets, mattress toppers, MyPillow bathrobes, pajama sets, and so much more. You guys have heard my interview with First Class Father and MyPillow founder Mike Lindell right here on the podcast. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can save up to 66% off their orders. That's right, up to 66% off on MyPillow.com by using the promo code FATHERHOOD. Or simply call 1-800-875-0219 and your savings will be instantly applied. Don't go another night without a MyPillow. Visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD or 
Call 1-800-875-0219 and save up to 66% off your order on MyPillow. Joining me now, First Class Father, Senator Josh Hawley. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks for having me. Let's start right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I've got, Well, I've got three kids. I've got two boys and a girl. My kids are eight, six, and six months old. My girl is the youngest, and uh, and I am uh, 41 now. Wow, very cool. Are you all done now, or are you going to try to even the score? <laughs> you know, it's up to my wife. Uh, I persuaded her on, on number three. I said the other day, uh, actually, our, our middle boy said the other day, he said, Mommy, when are we going to have another baby? And she said, never. So uh, maybe we're done. Yeah, I, I got four myself. We had our three boys, then got the girl on the end. If not, we'd have five by now, but we got her, and she runs the show over here. So There you go. Um, about how old were you then, Senator, when you first became a dad, and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Let's see. I was 32 uh, when I became a dad, and uh, you know, it, it changed it changed my life in a big way. I mean, I always say that, that getting married is definitely a game changer, but then having kids really completely, totally changes your life. I mean, because the kid then becomes everything that your life revolves around. And the early days, obviously, it literally, I mean, you know, the your your sleep schedule, your eating schedule, everything revolves around the baby. But then I think for me, that as you as the as your in my case, my boy, my first child was a boy, begins to grow you really begin to see the world through his eyes and you start thinking about everything that you're doing out in the world about, well, how does this affect my son and, and what will this mean for him and what will the decisions I make now mean in the future? So it kind of, for me at least, and I think uh, also uh, for my wife, for us as a couple, really reoriented our, our view of the world and life. Yeah, very well said. And I'm going to hit on some of what you just said in a second here. But your book is out now, The Tyranny of Big Tech. Obviously, a big problem that's going on here right now. Why did you decide to, to write the book and what's been the feedback so far? Well, my kids are a big part of it. The reason that I got interested in the tech issue is because of my children. You know, when my first boy was born, when he was still pretty small, we were struggling, my wife and I, to figure out, well, what, what, what should we do in terms of technology? Do we let him have uh, an iPad or mobile device, a tablet or, or not? And initially, we said yes. And then we we watched kind of how he was interacting with it and how he was getting really attached to it. We thought, maybe this isn't such a great idea. Maybe we should learn more about this. So we went on this journey of trying to figure out, you know, what is tech? How does it interact with kids? What's good for kids? We started talking to other families and we really learned that tech uh, can be, especially these social media platforms, can be really harmful to children, especially in large doses. You know, it rewires their brains. There's an addictive element to social media, which is not happenstance. These companies have built their platforms to be addictive and for children especially you know that can be a really really scary thing with negative consequences so that's really what got me into this issue and then i was attorney general of the state of missouri i opened an antitrust investigation against uh, facebook and against google and that really propelled me forward it's become something i really care about and i think it's a the, the tech monopolies and the effect that they have on our speech on our politics and on our families is really what this book is about yeah, well said, Senator. I know you, you just spoke with or you're going to speak with Dinesh D'Souza. I had him on the podcast here as well. And he talks about how this influence is happening at all the universities across our country here. And it seems like the, the monopoly is going just in one direction. And it's so hard because you need if you want to get the good degree, you got to play by their rules. If you want to advertise, you got to be on big tech. So I, I don't see, uh, you know, just I never had social media until I started this podcast here. And I, I, if I want to promote it, I got to use their tools to do this. There's no other way to go. So how do we kind of navigate that? How, how do you um, go around big tech when we need them to promote the message that we're, we're using? 
Yeah, that's a serious problem. It's one I encounter every day. And, and I, I think people, I mean, pretty much every American does. When you have a monopoly, as these companies do, they really don't leave you any alternatives. You know, I mean, social media uh, to Facebook, Facebook has no peer competitor. Same thing with, of course, YouTube, same thing with Google, same thing with Instagram. And of course, Google owns YouTube and Facebook owns Instagram. So it's really, really consolidated. I mean, what I try to do is I try to live as much of my life off of these platforms and off of technologies as I can. And for my family, what we decided with our kids is to try to live as much of our lives as a family off of these platforms and off of social media, you know, to help our kids cultivate real relationships with other kids to get together and actually play together, not just be chatting online together. And we try to do that with other families. It's been kind of cool to find other families who share a similar viewpoint and say, hey, let, let's try to raise our kids together and let's kind of band together and, and, and be a, a bulwark, if you like, against a text, a desire to, to colonize everything that they touch. Yeah, very well said, Senator. And one thing I talk about on my podcast all the time is the fatherless crisis that we have going on in our country. Uh, I think it's having a devastating toll on our society. So many kids are growing up without a father in their life. And I think we're trying to solve all these other social issues. But unless we get to the core of this, I don't think anything is going to change. We got to tighten our nuclear family units here. And I, I, I think this uh, every kid gets a to uh, every kid gets a trophy philosophy has been a colossal failure. And I think it brings nothing but just terrible results. And I think on both sides of the, uh, of the fence here, I think that if if you're a good dad, you're not out there breaking windows at the Capitol. If you're a good dad, you're not out there burning down a car or vandalizing a store. And the same thing, I, I think that at the core of this issue, Senator, it, it, we have a fatherless problem going on in our country here. And I think if we tighten it, we could solve all these problems. I agree with you 100 percent. I think that the what we need in this country is we need for men to step up, be responsible, to actually be responsible husbands, responsible fathers. We need them to take responsibility for providing for their kids, for providing for their spouse. I mean, that would, as you just said, if, if that changed in this country, boy, this country would change in a big way and for the better. And uh, the fatherhood is absolutely key to that. You see it in all the data. You know, I mean, you see that what is it that is a predictor of a child's success? I mean, the presence of the father engaged in the home or not, the presence of the father in the child's life engaged, being supportive, being there, being responsible, being that role model, it can make all the difference. Yeah, and we're seeing it with all the stats, like you said there. I mean, you, teenage pregnancy, teenage suicide, teenage homelessness, it all directly call. I mean, if you show me a city that's got high numbers in that, you'll see a city that has high numbers in fatherless households. So it all correlates together. And, and then tapping into that with you, what would you say are some of the top values that you're hoping to instill in your kids growing up? Well, I hope that, number one, that they'll want to be responsible. I hope that they'll want to go out there and say, listen, I'm going to take responsibility for my life. I'm going to take responsibility for actually making good choices that will that will pave the way for the future. And I hope for my boys to think about them becoming husbands and fathers. You know, I hope that they'll want to say, hey, I want to have a family. I want to start a family. I want to provide for that family. I'm going to take responsibility for my own decisions and think about how will this affect my wife? How will this affect my kids? I think a lot of the fatherlessness and the crisis of that that we see is a lot of men, you know, they just don't want to be responsible for anything. They want to say, I want to do what I want to do. And uh, I don't really care how that affects anybody else. And, and I don't want to have the responsibility of ever actually having to think about, well, what will this do to my wife? What will this do to my children? So I hope that my boys will want to exercise that responsibility and will know the joy of that, by the way. That, you know, yeah, with responsibility, it, it does, in a sense, it curtails your choices because you can't just do whatever the heck you want to do, what you want to do when you want to do it. But taking on that responsibility, being a father who is present, being a husband who is present and who is strong for his wife, that it opens up a whole new world of joy and fulfillment and meaning that you would never find otherwise. 
Yeah, very well said, Senator. And obviously, you know, being in the public spotlight like you are, I know that you've had, uh, you know, protesters show up at your house. What has been the, the reaction from your family? Has everyone ever, like, your family concerned to say, hey, you know, maybe it's time to stop doing this? What, what has been the concern from your family and for yourself as a father as you keep putting yourself out there and standing your ground? Well, you know, the thing is, with what I worry about most with that kind of thing and the people coming to our house and all that sort of thing is really what my, is my kids. I mean, I worry about the effect on them because they are so young. I mean, again, my oldest is eight and uh, and, and our newest is, is practically a newborn. She's six months old. So uh, I worry about the effect on them. But, you know, I mean, so far we've been very blessed. Uh, the kids um, have not encountered any of that. And my wife, I just have to give her tremendous credit. I mean, she is she's as tough as nails. And when we had protesters come to our house and try to shout her down, that they actually—I wasn't there when they came to the house. It was at night. She was there alone with the baby, and uh, you know she went out and confronted them, said, "Get out of here! Josh isn't here!" You know, and, and so she has been extraordinarily strong, extraordinarily tough. And together, we've tried to put up you know a shelter around our kids so that they can have a, a life where they feel, first of all, their home environment feels stable, where they feel like it's safe. Uh, and where they're just allowed to be kids, you know, can have a normal life, go out and play, play some sports, uh, 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 you know, chase some bugs. I mean, do some experiments, like have, have, a, have a fun time. I mean, that's what being a kid should be about. And, and I think because of her toughness and, uh, and, and you know, doing it together, we've been able to give that to my kids. But listen, that won't always be true. My kids, I know, will inevitably encounter uh, just some of the divisiveness and the shouting and the rage that we see in our culture today. And I hope when that does happen, that that'll be a moment where I can say to them, hey, this is part of what you encounter in life. As, as you grow up to be an adult, as you grow to be a man, as you grow to be a father, you're going to encounter adversity. You're going to encounter opposition. And you've got to make a choice about how you're going to respond to that and how you're going to push through that. And so I hope that that will be a, a, an experience that ultimately when it happens will be a good one for them in that way. Yeah, good stuff, Senator. And, and as, as you mentioned there, too, I mean, this all seems to be one sided. Like I, I whenever I've had uh, Secretary Pompeo on the show here or I've had Eric Trump, I, I've gotten just destroyed on social media and it never goes the other way. Like I never see that that blowback when I have somebody from the other side on. And I try to bring people on, you know, from all walks of life here, because I think one thing is that we're all connected as dads, no matter what side of the fence you're on, what religion or what race you are. As a dad, we all have this kind of understanding where each one of us is coming from. And obviously with the book out there now, now, have you seen a lot of pushback? Have you been, uh, has it been taken down off any sites? I know you've said that you, you've been, uh, you know, uh, whatever they call it, censored, which is a big thing going on now. Have you faced that and had trouble with that with the book so far? All right, dads, my pillow has got so much more to offer than just the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. But don't just take my word for it. Here's my wife to tell you her favorite product from my pillow. Honey, what is it? Well, I love all the MyPillow products, from the robe to the towels, but my absolute favorite, hands-down product, is the MyPillow mattress topper on our king-size bed. I have the best sleep since owning that topper. It's like sleeping at a spa resort, and I can't wait to sleep on it tonight. And I look forward to seeing you there tonight. And let me tell you something right now, guys. Happy wife, happy life. And this mattress topper has been a game-changer for me. That's a guarantee. And speaking of guarantees... All my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. So what are you waiting for? First Class Fatherhood listeners can now save up to 66% off. That's right, up to 66% off your order using my promo code FATHERHOOD. Visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD to save up to 66% off or use the 800 number. That's 1-800-875-0219, 1-800-875-0219, and your savings will be applied instantly. Visit MyPillow.com, use the promo code FATHERHOOD, and save up to 66% off your order at MyPillow. 
Have you faced that and had trouble with that with the book so far? Yeah, well, the book initially, the, the first publisher of the book tried to cancel it. You know, so back in January, the publisher that actually signed me the contract to write the thing uh, then tried to cancel it and, and uh, keep it from being published. So, you know, that was a hurdle right out of the gate. But fortunately, I was able to find a, a, another publisher and bring this thing uh, to publication. Now people can get it for themselves. And, you know, there's been, of course, lots of criticism. My critics want to come out and, and, and dump on me, dump on the book. But, you know, hey, that's, I mean, that's life, right? I mean, that's part of it. And you've got you've to deal with that criticism, deal with that adversity. That's part of my job. You know, and this is, again, to get back to my kids, something I hope that I can show my kids by example and then, you know, one day demonstrate to them as, as they get older, we're able to talk about it, that you're going to have critics in life. You're going to have adversity. You're going to have opponents. You can't control that, but you can control how you respond to it. And you, can, you are responsible for the choices you make and how you respond to those things. And it's an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to get stronger and to push forward. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, great stuff. And then pulling it back into you as a dad here on that. What type of discipline? I know they're young yet, but what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? Are you a spanker, timeout guy? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? You know, I know my parents, my parents, I would say, were, were fairly strict disciplinarians. And, and I think of myself, I try to be, you know, gentle uh, with my kids in terms of I, I don't ever want to be overbearing. But uh, we definitely believe in, in, in physical discipline where, where it's appropriate. Uh, we also, as the kids get older, you know, we, we try to, I always think it's important the kids understand why it is they're being disciplined. You know, so we often start with, I'll say, hey, you know, I, I just told you to stop doing that. Do you understand why what you're doing is wrong? You know, do you understand why, like, we don't hit brother in the face, like, when we're angry? You know, I mean, he takes your stuff and, like, you just go punch him. Do you understand, like, why that's not a good choice? Uh, do you understand? Like, and so we try to get them to develop that level of understanding. And then, you know, what what I aim for is I want my kids to be able to have self-control. You know, I, I think that you can try to hem them in with rules and don't do this and don't do that. But ultimately, you want the kid to have a sense of internal direction where they say, I'm going to choose to discipline my own emotions, to discipline my own feelings, to find a healthy outlet. So what I try to do and what my wife and I try to do together very imperfectly is to try to give our, our kids a sense of, OK, self-control, where it's like I don't have to fly off the handle. I don't have to lose it right here. I can learn how to, to discipline my own emotions, control my own emotions, and to find healthy outlets for that. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, good stuff. And then, uh, obviously, you, you said you got a six-month-old. The quarantine has been, you know, it been brought a lot of havoc to everybody's lives here. Having a child during the pandemic, I would imagine, has to be a much different experience uh, than your first two go-arounds. Uh, what was that kind of like? Were you able to go to the appointments? Were you in the delivery room? What was it like to have a, a child during this pandemic? I was in the delivery room, which was awesome. I was able to do that, you know, masked up and so forth. But hey, that, that's small price to pay to be able to be there uh, with my wife and to see my baby daughter born. And uh, my wife uh, was able to go to, to her appointments. I was not able to go with her. That was a change. You know, I couldn't go to all of the appointments leading up to the delivery. I remember actually getting turned away at one of the early appointments at the hospital. I just hadn't thought about it. You know, I'm going in and they were like, whoa, 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 where are you going? And I said, well, I'm here with my wife for the appointment. They're like, no, you're not. You know, you're going to go back wow. to the car and uh, she's going to go to the appointment. Well, we can't have too many people in the building. So, you know, that is what it is. I think actually, though, in these in these first six months, you know, we've been able to spend so much time together as a family. And that's that's been awesome. So we have we've done very little travel, you know, and the, and the baby really couldn't travel much anyway until now. So um, that that's it. and I've been doing a lot less travel than than usual because of covid. So we've really been able to, to spend that time together as a family. I just tell you, having the six month old within two older kids, an eight year old and a six year old, that has been tremendous fun watching them react to the baby, watching them learn to become big brothers. It's been awesome. 
Yeah, when we had our third, our, our other ones were five and four. And that, that first year of having three kids felt like one long day. I mean, it was definitely the most challenging for us going from two to three. Then three to four uh, was kind of like a piece of cake, uh, you know, after that. So I know what that's about. And then um, what is your uh, what is your bedtime routine look like with your six month old? Are you a book reader, a lullaby guy, a storyteller? How do you kind of work bedtime? Well, with the with the older boys, what I do is, is that uh, I, I usually we have dinner together as a family. And then what I'll do is I'll take the kids upstairs give my wife a break uh, they'll go up to their to their room they'll get uh, they'll, they'll take their bath take the shower get into bed and then i, I read to them and i, I read to the, both of the boys together and uh, it's always you know a constant uh, battle as to how long we're going to read it's not really a battle because i give in every time you know i'll say all right we're gonna read for 15 minutes we'll get to the end of that and they'll be like how oh, five more daddy five more so we'll do that we might also then wrestle a little bit my boys love to play these games like um, keep off the bed so they'll try and push me off of the bed and i'll try to keep them off so we'll do that until my wife says like this is you know this is the opposite of bedtime you're now getting them all riled up so when about the time i get called down uh then we get them actually get them into bed and um we say our prayers together uh at night and then uh and then then that's it and put them to bed and then with my daughter of course a little bit different story at six months uh, that's, you know, she, she's in charge of the house. So she gets to sleep whenever she wants to sleep. Uh, we don't really have her uh, on a, on a strict schedule, but, uh, it's just, you know, I'll hold her, uh, and, uh, sing to her a little bit and, you know, just uh, tell her about my day. It's an incredible, incredible thing to hold that baby daughter and think that, man, her whole future, I can't wait to see what comes, what comes next. Yeah, very cool. And, and I honestly here, Senator, I think the quarantine has been the silver lining of it has been that a lot of families have had the time to spend together, whereas the dad or mom isn't constantly on the road. So I, I kind of pray that, you know, that's strengthened our families right there. And maybe that could be like a little bit of the byproduct that's come out of this whole uh, quarantine thing. I mean, well, the biggest part of our day is sitting down together as a family every night praying together, eating dinner together. And it's usually my favorite part of the day. So I, I hope that um, th that piece uh, could be like the silver lining of the pandemic. Me too. Yeah, me too. I, I know it's been big for our family. That's something we've really appreciated. Well, what what kind of goals or plans do you have here for yourself for the future? Obviously, you got the book out now. You're a senator down there in Missouri. What kind of goals or plans do you have for yourself uh, for the future here? Well, I just hope to be able to keep representing the people in my state to keep doing uh, the best job that I can possibly do. I say to my kids that, you know, my job is to wake up every morning and is to go do my best, uh, is to do it with a clear conscience. And, and I say to them, you know, it's a tremendous privilege uh, to get to serve. I hope that my boys and my daughter will want to grow up and, and to serve other people in, in some capacity, in any capacity. I think we're all called to do that. This is something I talk to my kids uh, about literally every night. Tell them to think about, listen, how can we think about serving others? How can we think about helping other people? So uh, I want to try to keep doing that in my life, uh, in the area where I'm called, but then also uh, helping my kids grow up to embrace that ethic too and uh, to find that calling for their own lives. I just have to tell you that, you know, for me, as I look forward, the things that really excite me is I'm excited about being a father and I'm excited about seeing my kids grow, my boys and my daughter, about living each stage of life with them. And for me, the most the most the first and most important calling I have in life is as a husband and as a father and everything else grows out of that. Yeah, right on with that. And the last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Senator, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast here. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? I would just say that, that there is no greater investment. There's no investment that is more worthwhile than in your child. And so just, just plan right now. Like it, you're going to have to say no to a whole bunch of stuff. You know, other things that you used to want to do that would take up your time, you're going to have to say no to those. You're going to have to make your child a priority, but it is worth it. It is worth it 10 times, 100 times, 1,000 times over. So just embrace that. You know, I mean, a, a child will completely upend your life. 
It will completely change your life, and that's awesome. It is all for the better. And I can just say, as, as the years go by, it just gets better and better and better and richer and richer. So I, I wish that blessing for, for every person who wants to be a parent and for every dad. Yeah, very well said. I, I love the message. The Tyranny of Big Tech, available now. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. It's been an honor to have you on here. You're a first-class uh, father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Senator Josh Hawley for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. i got some really great ones coming your way soon, so find out who they are. If you're enjoying this show, please hit me with a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify. That really does go a long way to help me out. I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. I'm Alec Lace. You've been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.